Hi, friends. Hi, friends. We're back. It's episode 72 of The Brunch and Judge. Seventy-two means nothing. It means absolutely <laughs> nothing. Um, no, I'm trying to pull unless up something. Unless you're playing, unless you're playing seventy-two card pickup. <laughs> you mean fifty-two card pickup? With a deck of tarot. A deck of tarot, right? seventy-two. That's fair. Isn't that right? 72. A deck of uh, seventy-two card tarot card pickup. Pick- yes. Yes, <laughs> isn't it seventy-two in a deck of tarot? <laughs> I think so. I think I think that varies too. I'm not sure. Oh, does it? I oh, don't okay. know. I'm not a tarot uh, expert just yet. So, but anyway. a deck of tarot, a deck of tarot, tarot on this show. <laughs> well, we we are your hosts. I'm April, and I'm Claire. <laughs> and this week, our topic for brunch and judge is going to be around the world. Yes. Which tells you absolutely nothing. So have to, no, not. have to hang on in. Uh, I will say, uh, we got a comment on one of our videos. I don't know if you saw it, Claire. I think I did. <laughs> in which I I uh, someone who was, was watching us, I, I think it was on YouTube, uh, was like, hey, you guys should like give a warning <laughs> to skip ahead, you know, like 10, 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, you know. Thank you. I, I do appreciate the feedback because that's how we improve. Uh, I do put in the notes, for those of you who don't know, in the notes of each episode, I put the timestamp of when each story starts so that if you don't want to listen to our ridiculous bullshit at the beginning of the episode, you don't have to. So right. just a heads up, check out the notes. It'll send you forward. Usually it's about 15, 20 minutes, but sometimes we get really off track. Carried, so. carried away. Apologies. Or we're really impassioned about what we're complaining about. It's true. <laughs> or like one thing leads to another and to another. You know how it is. So so if you'd like to skip ahead, just check the notes. Uh, the timestamp will be there. So in that thought, Claire, what are you yes. judging this week? I don't know that it's so much a judge. Here's a story. I think tell you a story. Story time. <laughs> About what happened, about something that happened. Was this last weekend? I can't even remember. (laughs) No, it was the weekend before. Because last weekend was Memorial Day. It was the weekend before. I should have told it, but I forgot about it. But now it's popped back into my memory. Mm -hmm. This stuff happens. Um, I was eating dinner with some friends downtown. And we were leaving. Mm -hmm. And um, this car comes it's on the square where we are, and it's a big, giant roundabout or the circle of death, as some people like to call it. Right, right, um, right. <laughs> this car comes, like, I mean, squealing around the <laughs> circle. <laughs> and we all kind of comment, because we were, where we parked, we were walking to our vehicles, because we would have had to cross the street and on down. And um, this car comes squealing around, and we're all like, good God, that car was, like, going awfully fast for around For a roundabout, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we hear, as it goes right past the corner where we would have had to turn to, like, walk to our cars, we heard more squealing, and then we heard a crash <gasps> and glass shattering. And we were like, 
oh my god did that car hit another car oh my god and so we kind of like jogged down around the corner and no it didn't hit another car it like lost control and ran into a fucking building oh oh it ran into the justice center (laughs) well that's not gonna go well for them no (laughs) there's like a tunnel where you can drive back through the justice center to like a parking lot behind it Mm -hmm. and it had run into like the corner where that tunnel is Uh, and and it like took out a lamppost oh so there was like a lamppost (laughs) laying on the ground (laughs) and the little fancy topper was in the middle of the road and all these people by the time we rounded the corner the driver had already hopped out of the car and run away (gasps) yes they just left the car behind yes and airbags were deployed they were like they're gonna track me down from the car right so we saw the car so it's like all these people were rushing over so i'm like has anybody called 911 so i called 911 for the third time in my life Woohoo! (laughs) go claire first time was when my dad fell over Mm -hmm. the banister at our house second time was when i saw a a car hit a motorcycle when we were doing the ghost walk right (laughs) over and now this <laughs> and so then they were like okay we've gotten multiple calls on this i'm like okay good i'm glad somebody else has like called good good but it was it was wild it was just yeah. like all of a sudden all these people were there and then they're like there's nobody in the car the driver left and we're like wait what <laughs> in that short amount of time it took us to like round the corner somebody had already hopped out of the car and just taken off and booked it that's hilarious yes airbags <laughs> deployed i'm like Really? With the airbag deployed like that? That's kind of nuts. And they were like, yeah, there's a woman's purse in the front seat. And it's like, were there two people? Was this car stolen? Oh I have so many goodness. questions. Uh, probably, so many questions. probably she was drunk. And so she's like, I gotta get out of here or I'm gonna get, you know, arrested and for this. So, Well, it was. Found out the next day. It was a drunk driver. Knew it. They did catch him because you know. Right, They're right. Stupid. They think they can outrun people, and you're just like, no. no it's no. your. Car, it's registered to you, idiot. <laughs> they can find I you. Yeah, I was like, if it's not, if it's stolen, that's one thing. Right. But if it's your vehicle, Joy. okay. I guess that's my judge. Why do criminals have to be so dumb? <laughs> I mean, but <laughs> like also, if you're gonna drink and drive. You're gonna leave your vehicle behind. You think they can't find you? But also, <laughs> thank you that most criminals are so dumb that it's they're easy right. to get. Because like, thank you. <laughs> I mean, it was, yes. Oh it was It was wild, though. We, are, we were just standing there like, what is happening right now? <laughs> All these cars kept coming around the square, and there was just some rando person trying to direct traffic until actual police got there to right. direct traffic. But it was just kind of like, what is happening right now? Like I said, there's a street post, street, street light lamppost just like laying on the ground yeah. in the middle of the road it was it was kind of mayhem for a minute it was just like what you know all these people are like checking the car nobody was in it i mean that's how i mean he, like how drunk were you that you could move that fast right because he must have crawled through the window because the door wasn't even open <laughs> like what oh my god like, what is i happening? love it i mean I'm I'm incredibly grateful that this idiot hit a building and not a person. Um, or another vehicle, yes. Right, because, I mean, where it was, it was right where a crosswalk was. So, I mean, right. he very well could have hit a pedestrian or another car. 
So which like, I'm glad in- nobody else was in- yes, for, for nobody that. else was involved. But also, how like you know that that person the next day was like, "Fuck, I hit." the justice center with my car while i was drunk driving and then i left my car there thinking they'll never find me i yeah i can run away (laughs) i'm gonna go on the land running lord green green space you know the woods behind the justice center yeah yeah love it love it yes (laughs) it was fun times it was just it was a wild thing to happen like right after dinner we're all like okay yeah that was it that's an excellent uh after dinner activity you know call 911 and it's fine you know yeah there you go everybody would just kind of like come around the corner and they'd be like oh like in their cars they're just like oh can't go this way <laughs> it's like you everybody's like doing these ue things and finally you know I feel like it took too long for the police to show up for this instance because it, it was just like, I feel like there might be another wreck because hmm. of the way that the road, like everything was situated and people were having to drive around. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was just like, y'all should have been here faster than this. Like this was a wreck that's like causing traffic disruption. You right. all should have been here faster. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's, I guess because if it's, nobody if it's a non nobody was non whatever yeah. it's it's probably not quite as vital to get there. I don't know. I guess I don't know. But Still, good judge, like, good judge. Okay. But yeah, that that's what happened. It was like, like I said, it was a couple of weekends ago, and I guess life got crazy. But it just popped back in my head, like, oh yeah, I never talked about that. Like I witnessed this thing that was <laughs> bizarre, and then later, like the next morning, we all just kind of texted each other, and we were like, did that really happen? <laughs> Did we? Was this we, real? Did yeah. we see this? Well, here's the thing. I know somebody who's on the police force. Here's another thing. The shift people, they don't talk to each other. Of course not. So, Why like, would you they? ask him. You ask him. You're like, hey, what was that about last night? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. You're like, are you kidding me? A car hit the fucking justice center. And that wasn't like. That's, not, that's not something you like, all. Hey, dis- guys, that's, guess what happened today? Oh. Hmm. But yeah. You know. I mean, I get them not talking about, like, stupid shit, like, oh, you know, I had somebody get mouthy, or, you know, typical drunk driving stuff, but I'm like, a car hit the Justice Center. Like, I right. feel like that's, like, kind of significant, you know? <laughs> but then it's like, because, you know, crazy stuff will happen, and you'll go, you know, he'll come in, and you'll be like, hey, what was that about? He's like, I don't know. It's like, what good are you? You're supposed to get, you're supposed to give us the tea. Come on. Anyway, yeah, that's my story slash judge, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, it happened a couple weekends ago. But yeah, it was, it was crazy. I was like, what? <laughs> but anyway, what are what is your judge or your story or whatever we're doing now? <laughs> uh, so my judge this week is, guys, I am officially unemployed. What? Whoa. What? At the time of us recording this, anyway, I I have left my job. I have left it behind. I it is now in the past. Done with thank it. God. I returned the keys. I, I I put them on a Star Wars keychain. All of like my office key, my desk key, the building key, the meeting room key, all the keys, all the keys. 
uh, and I put them on a like R two D two keychain that was left <laughs> over from Star Wars Day, and I hand them to my boss, and I'm like, "You have to promise me that when you give these keys to the next person, that you will play Darth Vader's theme song in the background." And he was like, "Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great." And I'm like, "You don't even know why that's important to me, but that's fine." Right. So I'm like dancing around like a crazy person, having the best time. And what made me laugh is that they very kindly had my last paycheck ready for me on my last day because I had to put all of my time in ahead of time. Right. Uh, so they could pay out vacation and everything. And so it's like three o'clock. End of day is six on, on Friday. And, and my boss hands me my check and I'm like, wait, you're, you're going to pay me now for three hours. I haven't even worked yet. And he's like, Oh yeah. It's like, so I don't even, and I'm like signing it, depositing it with my phone immediately. He's like, you can't take it back. Bye. <laughs> Trying to run out the building. You're like, you're like I can leave now. Thank you. <laughs> but <laughs> no, we were, they were so incredibly short staffed. I, I stayed to the bitter end and everyone was like, you know, you could leave. And I was like, I could, but I never have to come back. So like, it's fine. I don't you're mind like, staying. It's, it's, yeah, it's it fine. Is I like pulling my name off stuff. I'm having a great time. But and I already told this to Claire, but I'm going to show this to everyone else. So this week has been filled with really kind words and gifts from coworkers. Um, they they have gone above and beyond to let me know how much I was appreciated. And that I have really appreciated hearing that because sometimes that job was really hard. So it's nice to know that they all have good, positive associations of me having that job. Right. Yes. But the number of times that people were saying things like, you know, I'm such a delight to work with and that, you know, I make I make things fun and that even when things are, are really bad and everyone's really stressed out, I will come in the room and essentially lighten the mood. And I'm like, oh, my God, I am the person who lights up the room. And I went, shit, I'm absolutely going to be on a Dateline episode. And you're like, no, no, why am I the person who lights up a room? <laughs> God damn it. It's like, no, I'm supposed to be dark and hateful so that everyone will leave me alone. So because Guys, that job I'm... was so terrible, you were just trying to salvage any little bit you could. You're like, uh. but like I, well, I was cracking up because even on my last day, I'm literally fixing schedule issues for a time in which I won't be there. <laughs> right you're like why is this my problem it's it's like i don't know how are you gonna do this i was like okay well you know i'll be like this person can you work this time and then instead take this time off and then this person how about you move your day off to this day so that we can have a 30 week like i'm helping people move stuff around so it'll work out and i'm going i don't even work here you gotta be able to do this on your own now guys you gotta be able to do it on your own you can do it you can have conversations it'll be fine but so now it's not your problem no except um i did (laughs) so uh when i took this job i was given a very nicely designed uh piece of paper from canva that had like maybe 10 things listed and i don't mean like explained i mean like 10 like one or two word things like bullet bullet points kind of like that that i was responsible for without any real contact like i had worked with the person who had my job so like she sort of walked me through some things but uh so like i had nothing really 
to to start with, I left the person who's coming next with a 10 page heavily bulleted document of my job and all of my current <laughs> contact information for if they have any because I'm sure I forgot something I'm in charge of because I'm in charge of so much stuff. So right. I was like, feel free to call or text or email if you have any questions, any concerns, or if you just need to vent. Because, like, I know, I know. Like, I can't write. I know that this job is going to suck your soul. And <laughs> you're going to come across some unique personalities. And you're not going to have the vaguest idea how to handle it. Feel free to call me because I can't say that. But that's but implied. Yes. It's implied. Because how long were you there? Was it three? Two and a half years. Um, okay. Which is half a year longer than anybody else. So, woo, I did it. Nice. I made it past the two-year mark. Just barely. But I did it. So. Right. Yay. Uh, freedom. Freedom. But, so, it's it's been good. I mean, I I want good things for all of my coworkers. I hope that the next person who takes my job does even better than I did because I wasn't great right. at everything. So like best of luck to them. Right. May they love it and last forever. But I'm done. So if anyone's listening and you're in Connecticut, feel free to reach out. I'm gonna need a job <laughs> starting around August. Um uh, preferably not a library though, okay? Cool. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm kind of done. I'm over the library. Just, I need a little bit of a break from that. Um, or, or I need absolute power. I don't need this weird, I don't have absolute power, but I'm doing all the job of absolute power. So. Right. You know, that's all. Right. That's fine. Okay. So that's my judge. <laughs> I'm free. You're free. And now you have to move. And now I have to move again. That's fine. It'll be fun. I'm excited about it. It's fine. Yes. It's fine. All right. So I guess that brings us to our topic today of around the world. World, world, yes. world. <laughs> Claire, I believe you go first this week. What story have you brought us from around the world? I'm going to be talking about Amelia Earhart. Ooh. You know, I had that thought. I had that thought. But then I was like, nah. But here's Claire doing all the plane crashes. She's gonna love her plane crashes. <laughs> Literally just edited the the plane crash the plane the disappearing plane episode. So I'm like, uh. it's just like this this topic. I'm like looking and I'm like, what the hell? I don't even you know. I understand. Like, how do you even search for something? That's that's <laughs> like, the bigger this... issue. Is like you have to think of something that will fit it in order to yeah. Like, it's just so hard to, like, search for something that even fits within mm -hmm. this topic. And I'm just like, ah. I mean, I could have just been, like, a boring history teacher and been like, I'm going to talk to you about Magellan. <laughs> Christopher Columbus. Ew. <laughs> Ew. That's gross. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Yes, That's it is. No, um, no I may eventually... If, we, if this comes up again, I may I may do my uh, judgment of the Crusades because um, sort of around the world. It's there's sort so of. many Crusades; they were all stupid. Every last that's, one of them. That's true. That's that's fair. Okay, 
So tell us about Amelia Earhart and yet another plane crash. Thanks, Claire. (laughs) (laughs) All the all the crashes, apparently. All the all the Next time Claire's gonna do the the story of the soccer team that got stuck in the Andes after a plane crash, started eating dead bodies. (laughs) It's gonna happen. (laughs) She's gonna do it. Yeah. Don't give away all my secrets. Okay. Anyway, all right. Um, Amelia Mary Earhart was born July twenty fourth, eighteen ninety seven, in hmm. Atchison, Kansas. I'm gonna say her I parents... had no idea what her middle name was. I don't think I've ever heard it in my whole life. Amelia Mary. Yes. Yeah, that's she was named after both of her grandmothers. And oh, you're gonna love this because her mom's name was also Amelia. Hey, your favorite. I hate that garbage. Stop it. Stop it. Okay, go ahead. But she went by Amy. The mom, mom? went by okay. Amy. So there's a- so there's Amy and then Amelia. Sure, so. sure. And the and she had the nickname Millie. So it wasn't fine, like I guess. But only <laughs> you're vaguely, like, uh, only vaguely fine. You're like mm-hmm. anyway. Her parents were Edwin Earhart and Amy Otis. Mm-hmm. Amelia Otis. <laughs> she had a younger sister, Grace Muriel Earhart, who went by Muriel. Um, nicknames. She went by Millie, and her sister went by Pidge. I don't know why. Pidge? Pidge. I guess they called her Pigeon, and then it got shortened to Pidge? Maybe. Weird. Okay. Pidge. Um, Let's not bring that back. Yeah, no. Um, so they had a rather unconventional upbringing that Amy Earhart wasn't interested in raising nice little girls <laughs> there yeah oh real quick uh sources wikipedia biography.com national geographic.com and womenhistory.com mm. org. i'll have to go back and check that i can't remember that's something org. yeah um they both were rather tomboyish um they weren't forced to always just wear dresses but they would wear like the bloomer things under the dresses mm-hmm so it was like pants because it was like, oh, look, I'm free to go climb trees and do things. Yeah. Um, they, they did spend a lot of their childhood outside climbing trees, hunting rats with mm-hmm. rifles. <laughs> um, okay. They would col- collect moths and katydids and worms and tree toads. All the things that little boys do. <laughs> and one time with the help of her uncle, Amelia made a ramp. And attached it to the roof of their tool shed. Oh dear. It, it mimicked a roller coaster that she saw in St. Louis. And so she went down this ramp in like a wooden box. And then the box busted. She busted her lip and tore her dress. But she was like all excited. And she was like, Look, Pidge, it's like I can fly. <laughs> so yeah, she was kind of like a little daredevil too. So I mean, that's she fair. Was, she, she was really like a little boy. <laughs> Let's just be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, when she, she was just, ten, uh, she was just doing her thing. That's right. When she was ten, uh, Amelia's dad Edwin was transferred to Des Moines, Iowa, and that's when she saw her first aircraft was at the Iowa State Fair. Ooh! And at the time, since she really wasn't interested, he tried to get her to like take a ride on it, but she said that it was a thing of rusty wire and wood and not at all interesting hmm. so she was 10 and she's like meh i don't care <laughs> but um edwin Earhart was an alcoholic 
and not good with money. So well, um, that's not a shocker. Okay, it was. It's one of those things where it was like they would do okay, but then he would go on one of his little benders and mm-hmm. he'd become money would like get tight and things would become hard. So then Amelia and Muriel were sent back to Kansas to live with their grandparents, while mom and dad stayed in Iowa. Um, so they were homeschooled by a governess, and but Amelia was extremely fond of reading. She loved to read. Uh, 1909, that your heart family was back under one roof in Des Moines. I guess he got his shit back together for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And got money back. And, and that was the first time Amelia would be in public school at the age of 12 in the seventh grade. Sorry. Like, <laughs> Tis oh, the allergy like, season, I understand. I know, it's awful. Uh, 1915, uh, the Earhart's moved to St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, he worked for a railroad company. Um, and then while he was there, he tried to get another position in Springfield, Missouri, but it fell through. And I don't know if he quit his job at St. Paul, but because the other one fell through, it looked like he was going to have like this whole big, like, I'm not going to have a job. So Amy's just like deuces. If they seem <laughs> very on again, off again. Like it was right. always like she'd take the girls and leave even go somewhere and then they were back together, and then she'd right. take the girls and send them, yeah. <clears throat> so, this time she took the girls and went to Chicago, moved in with some family who lived there, and so while they were there, Amelia searched for a high school that had the best science program, instead of just going to the mm-hmm. high school that was closest. So, she went to Hyde Park High School, and she graduated in 1916, because she wanted, because the school that was closest, she said that their chemistry department just basically, it was just like a sink. <laughs> like it was not a big it, their chemistry was okay. like, eh. mm-hmm. um in 1917 uh she visited muriel in canada and world war ii was going on at the time and while she was up there she happened to see some wounded soldier soldiers returning from the war and so she decided she was gonna get trained as a nurse and she stayed up there and she helped and she began working in toronto and she wound up working with a bunch of pilots, and she would hear their stories, and that started like sparking her interest in and flying. And she was like, these "Pilots, I want to do that." <clears throat> right? Yeah, that's way more fun than this. <laughs> right. And then she attended Columbia University for a year, and she dropped out and went to California to be with her parents, who apparently got back together. Well, yeah. <laughs> and um, she went with her dad. Uh, Nineteen twenty. She and her father went to an aerial meet in Long Beach, California, and her dad paid for her to be a passenger on, like, a 10-minute airplane flight. Oh, mm-hmm. And that was when she first knew that she had to fly, because she was finally up in the air, and it was just 10 minutes, but she was like, I have to do this. And so, after that, Amelia recruited a female aviator, Nita Snook, to be her flying instructor. <clears throat> and she worked a bunch of odd jobs, to pay for her lessons like she was a photographer a mm-hmm. stenographer truck driver to because she just wanted to fly and she would need to pay for these lessons and then she wound up cut her hair short to look like other women avi- aviators because you know they took it under that hat with the goggles and all that right um in 1923 she wound up getting her pilot's license and she was one of only 16 women huh. in the world in the world in the world wow to have her pilot's license yeah 
Um, and she went up purchasing a secondhand biplane. She painted it yellow and she called it the Canary. <laughs> okay. Oh, but before that, before she got her license, which I was like, this is weird that she did this before she actually got her license. I don't know if it's part of her like lessons or flying training or whatever. In 1922, she got to 1,400 feet, which was a world rec- record for altitude for a female pilot. Oh. So she was already setting records before she even got her license. <laughs> Um, in 1924, her mother's inheritance had run out, so her parents divorced. Um, Amelia sold her plane because she couldn't keep up with it; mm-hmm. didn't have any more money. Um, she moved with her mother to Boston and tried to go back to Columbia University again, but she wound up having to dropping it out because she had no more, more finances. Right, money was an issue, so she got a job as a teacher. She also got a job as a social worker. And in 1927, she became a member of the American Aeronautical Society's Boston chapter. And she started to write articles promoting flying for a local newspaper. And she started to develop following. So she kind of Hmm. became a local celebrity in Boston just because she was a woman writing about flying. Right. Because nobody was doing that. And then a year later, in 1928, she was the first female passenger on a transatlantic flight. And it was from Newfoundland to Wales. Wow. And when she got back from that, they started nicknaming her Lady Lindy, at, you know, because Charles oh, Lindbergh right. was the guy who did the first transatlantic solo flight. Um, so when she got back, she wrote a book because the flight itself lasted 20 hours and 40 minutes. And wow. that's the name of the book was 20 hours, 40 minutes. And it was about her experience being a passenger and a guy named George Putnam, um, he was also one of the ones who was, hit, like, he publicized, like, the whole flight thing, like, her being the passenger and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, first female, blah, 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 you know. But he was the collaborator and publisher of her book, and he promoted the book with uh, scheduling, like, lecture tours and product endorsements, which led to promotions and contributions to women's fashion in Cosmopolitan magazine. Oh, well. And she became associate editor of Cosmo. Wow. <clears throat> and with all of this, she hoped to influence her, that her influence would contradict all this negative stereotypes about women and it would help open more opportunities mm-hmm. for women in especially like male dominated fields. You know. Which at that point and, and so, was almost every field. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. And this isn't when she was a kid that she would keep a scrapbook of anytime she'd see a paper article about a woman that did something big in a male dominated field, oh. that oh. she would cut it out and keep it. That she always was fascinated by women who were able to make a name for themselves. Yeah. In yeah. these, you know, when men were the it <laughs> back then, <laughs> you know, it was like, is all men. <laughs> um, in 1929, she did a successful solo flight across North America. And she also entered the Women's Air Derby, which was flown from Santa Monica to Cleveland. And she placed hmm. third hmm. in that. Um, and in 1931, she set another world altitude record at 18,415 feet. And she also became the first president of the 99s, which was a female pilot organization. Oh, well, there you go. 
And also in 31, she wound up marrying her publicist, George Putnam. And he had previously been married to a woman who was the Crayola heiress. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And they had got, there was like speculation that he and Amelia were like having an affair, but um. actually his wife, but actually his wife had had an affair with like their kid's tutor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. But um, when they got divorced, he immediately started trying to pursue Amelia and she turned him down a couple of times. But then she finally said yes. But on their wedding day, and this is what I think is hilarious. I love this so much. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm here for this energy. On their wedding day, she sent him like a letter and a, a little snippet from this letter says, I want you to understand I shall not hold you to any medieval code of faithfulness to me, nor shall I consider myself bound to you similarly. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. <clears throat> and she's also a badass because she didn't change her last name. No kidding. Damn. She's like, yeah, I'm not changing my last. Like, I'm not changing my name. I'll marry you, Earhart but here. like, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna be faithful. You don't have to be faithful. And I'm keeping my last name. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. You go, Amelia. <laughs> I was like, wow, she is ballsy. And I am here for this. Hmm. I had no idea. I was like, hmm, interesting. So she wanted to be the first to circumnavigate the world. Mm-hmm. And in 1937, uh, she got together a crew. She had a Lockheed Electra L-10E plane. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Nope. but that sounds great yes um she her crew was a guy named captain harry manning who was gonna be her first navigator uh fred noonan was her second navigator and then a guy named paul mance was her tech advisor and he actually was like a stunt plane person hmm. like he did stunt plane in like i guess shows and movies and stuff like that um their flight plan was to start in Oakland, California, fly to Hawaii, then Australia, then India, somewhere in Africa, Florida, and then back to California. Um, they made it to Hawaii and hung out there for three days because they had to do some repairs to the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were taking off to leave, something went wrong and there were like, some people say they saw a tire blowout. Other people said it was pilot error, including the guy, Paul Mance. He said it was pilot error. But there's, like, discrepancies in what happened. Anyway, she had to, like, loop around and just come, like, immediately back. Right. And whatever happened, the plane was so bad, they had to ship it back to California for repairs. Oh. So they just had to, like, scrap that flight. Right. <clears throat> so when she got back, she and her husband, George... Uh, got additional funding to try again uh, for a new flight, and they adjusted the flight plane, and they were going to go the opposite direction. So instead of going across the Pacific, then they were going to go across to from Oakland to like Florida first, right? And that way around. And this time, Manning and Mance couldn't join due to previous commitments and something about Man. There was some kind of like something with his contract where he couldn't do it this time 
Um, so this time it was just going to be Amelia Earhart and Fred Noonan. Mm-hmm. And so June 1st, um, they made it to Miami on that first leg. Um, and then they flew on and they were able to make it all the way to Lay, New Guinea. Mm-hmm. And that was June 29th, 1937. So they had flown 22,000 miles of this trip, this world Right. Around the world trip, and they only had seven thousand miles to go. Wow! To get back yeah, where they needed to go. Um, so in Lay, New Guinea, Amelia got dysentery. Oh, yeah, not and so. Good. They had to stay. No, so they had to stay several days for her to recuperate. Obviously, um, and they had to make several adjustments to the plane. Uh, they wound up uh doing and like extra fuel on board and it said they packed the parachutes away because at this point they were just going to be flying over water so there was no point in having them right it's like <laughs> just parachute into the water and die so yeah or just yeah yeah fair so uh, um so they planned to head to this place called Howland Island which was between Australia and Hawaii, and apparently it's so teeny tiny. Right. It's like 6,500 feet by 1,600 feet. Oh my, that is tiny. Yes. And so it was this all, all this stuff about using celestial navigation and radio communication with the U.S. Coast Guard ship Itasca mm-hmm. and to like find it. I mean, because especially like if the if it was cloudy that day, right? You couldn't use. I mean, because it was like you wouldn't be able to see it if you were so high up, right? Like it was that that small. small. Yeah, and so they wound up leaving July second, nineteen thirty seven, at twelve thirty a.m. Um, and they said, and I don't know why they did this. They left certain radio equipment behind. So they would have more fuel canisters. Okay. Um, and somebody said that they thought the antenna might have, the radio antenna on the plane might have been damaged. And that they possibly were using inaccurate maps. Oh, no. So where they thought the island would be was actually six miles off from where it actually was. Oh, no. Yes. And there was also like a miscommunication. With the check-in time with the Iataska Coast Guard ship, because they were using naval time zone, and they were on Greenwich civil time, which there was like a thirty-minute difference, and there was also like a miscommunication on which frequency they were using. Oh my goodness! Which, I mean, it was just yeah, everything that could it, go wrong did go wrong. Got it. It was like a cluster. It Ugh. just seemed like. So at 7.20 a.m., they reported their position 20 miles southwest off of the Nukumanu, Nukumanu Islands. <laughs> and at 7.42, Iataska received a transmission from them and replied, but they're not sure if it was received. And I think they tried calling back a couple times and that's when they realized that they had lost all contact so mm-hmm. th- then they the itasca began immediate search right and then couldn't find anything and ultimately once they realized i guess fdr 
at the time, you know, because it's like this. Everybody knows who Amelia Earhart is at this time and what right. she's trying to do. So ultimately, FDR authorized a, a search party that cost like four million dollars. It was like sixty-six aircraft and nine ships to go out and look for this plane and Amelia and Fred Noonan, and it the, he called it off July eighteenth, nineteen thirty-seven. So he looked for them for like i don't know two weeks mm-hmm. <laughs> ish and then but george putnam her husband he financed additional search and even like called on the use of psychics to help mm-hmm. find his wife so i mean obviously he cared for her yeah because i mean or i feel like he would have just been like eh, give up <laughs> but by october of 1937 he was like uh, it's it's not gonna yeah. happen and then two years later january 5th 1939 they she was de- officially declared dead and then obvious theories that they just crashed into the ocean right is, you know a big one however there's one that they landed in the nakuma I've looked this up and it's always like <laughs> there's so many R's and O's in this. Nakumaroro Reef, <laughs> which is a tiny island, 350 miles southeast of the Howland Island, which is what they were aiming for. Oh wow! Okay, they would have gone like way, off way, course. way off course. Yeah, yeah. And they think that they landed there because they found there have been sign like. Found improvised tools, pieces of clothing, oh, some kind of plexiglass that matched like a the size and the shape of like a window from the plane, and they found a jar of freckle cream. Freckle which she cream, had. interesting. Freckle cream, yeah. Um, in in nineteen forty, they did find bones, like somebody had sat under a tree and died. Oh. So, um, and then in 2014, they found a piece of the plane in this area, which they were like, this, it matched the description of her plane. Um, In 2018, there was an analysis of the bones found in 1940, Mm -hmm. because we have the technology now. (laughs) Right, right, yeah. And so it said, Earhart is more similar to the bones than 99% of individuals in a large reference sample strongly supports the Nukamoro bones belong to Amelia Earhart. So it's not like 100%, but but it's it's like the odds are it is her. Is is basically saying, it's like we can't confirm 100%, but odds are this is her. Yes. Wow. I did not know that that at all. They were just like stranded, they landed or crashed and lived. And there were also, like, a few days after this happened, like, they went missing. Mm-hmm. There were, um, I think they said in Canada, that they were still able to use some of the radio on the airplane. Like, the airplane wasn't totally shot. Right. <clears throat> they were able to, like, somebody in Canada picked up a transmission saying that we're still alive. Tell my husband. And then somebody else, like, I can't remember where they said it was, but it was almost on the other side of the country. Mm-hmm. That's like, we've been here for days. You know, it was just, they 
and that was like the last time it was like three days later after that one in canada got it then mm-hmm. somebody else heard something like over a radio and so oh. they were still tra- so they were alive for a while but i guess it was just one of those things like they just ran out of supplies and starved to death on this island because it sounds like there's not anybody that yeah. lives there <laughs> yeah it's a, there's nothing there wow <clears throat> I mean, Gosh, talking I, like a castaway That's situation. worse. I guess in my mind, I, well, several things. One, I thought she was alone. I didn't realize she had anyone with her. Um, but two, like, I thought she just disappeared. Like, she was supposed to land somewhere and she didn't. So they just assumed her plane went down somewhere. But to, to think that she actually survived on an island for a while. Right. No one looked for her there. So she died. And also, I didn't even realize that she was married. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't think I knew that either. Like there are so many things like going into this. I'm like, man, I did not. Know yeah, that. I know. I knew very little of that. I did know that she ended up going the opposite way, flying than she meant to, meaning yeah. that she would have done the long leg first, so she wouldn't have been as tired and would have been less likely to make a mistake. But yeah, that's all I knew, honestly. So, huh. That's so sad. What a downer. I know. It is. Huh. But yeah, so that is my around the world. Well, almost around the world story. <laughs> almost did it. That's so sad. It's like, I almost made almost it. And re- then I didn't. Then I. Yes. Then I. Died. Landed on an island and died. Waiting to be rescued. While, yes. so, while like transmitting stuff that people could hear. Oh, that's so yeah. awful. Oh. Right. I hate that. I know. And they said also that they found like a woman's compact Ugh. like later, you know, so they're, like you said, not 100%, but it's like right. there are things but there that are like highly likely pretty... is what we're going with. It's highly, yes, likely, highly likely that somehow she ended up, uh, they ended up on this island. I mean, I'm like you. I thought it was like a Bermuda Triangle situation. Yeah. Like she just disappeared. She just disappeared. Like. At... I think that's just how it's been told to me, maybe. But wow! Right, right. Hmm. That was, was excellent. Like... <laughs> Thank you, Claire. I mean, like You're I, I welcome. knew not enough of that story. <laughs> yes. Anyway, yes. So that was that's the story of Amelia Earhart and her almost around the world. But I mean, she still was have been a good one too for like badass women in history. Mm-hmm. I mean, I won't hold you to that medieval concept of. I I was like, I have to stick that in there because that was amazing. like, I found that. And I was like, that's amazing that she wrote that. The medieval concept of faithfulness. Day. I won't hold you to that. Okay. <laughs> and uh, you won't expect me to be held to that either. Okay. Got it. Boy. Like, I know. I'm like, so do you all really love each other? Like, what's going on here? The fact that yeah, it's like because it, it, oh, it sounded more have an like open he marriage. kind of wore her down, and she's like, "All right, fine, but we're but yeah, we're not requiring faithfulness. Then it's fine. <laughs> okay, like, so don't tell me they didn't have open marriages back then." <laughs> <laughs> Amelia <shot>. Earhart, <laughs> she was a pioneer. Yes, Let she me was. Tell Thank you. you, Amelia, in more ways than one <laughs> for women. For marriage, <laughs> mm-hmm. in clothing, I mean, 
She was all over the place. She really was. Very cool. I mean, seriously. Anyway. So, what story have you brought us? Because you sent me that perfect <laughs> text, and I was like, I don't even know what to say to that. So. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, the story that I am bringing you is the story of the sandwich that changed the world and created Pilates and vegetarian sausage. Sandwich. Sandwich. Okay. Uh, my sources are medium.com, the Smithsonian, the New York Post, PBS, Wikipedia, and Britannica. Britannica. So my story is about World War One. Yay! Yay! <laughs> hey, why are we in the same time period again? We just, that's just who we are. <laughs> we can't help ourselves. We just can't help ourselves. We cannot. Okay, Always so in the same time period. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna start off kind of at the end of the eighteen hundreds. Uh kind of in the, the back half of the eighteen hundreds. We still have the Ottoman Empire hanging out, but it was okay. weakening. And Austria Hungary was was like, We like Bosnia. We're gonna we're gonna just take that. That's ours now. We're just gonna it's ours. We like it. Yeah, it's ours. <laughs> and Serbia, of course, was like, uh, I don't love this because Bosnia is our people. Right. We want Bosnia. And they really wanted Bosnia to join Serbia so that they could unite the people. And also in this time, we have Russia being over, being all hateful because they hated that Austria had all this power. So it's kind of like the end of the 1800s is where things are. Yeah. Just people being countries being countries and being all like, I want right. that. No, I want that. No, I want that. You know. But by the time we get to the beginning of the 1900s, the Ottoman Empire has started regaining some strength. And so Austria was not wanting to give up Bosnia. And then we had the Balkan Wars. This is very quick, just like overview to get us to where we need to be. Gotcha. The Balkan Wars happened in 1912 to 1913. Um, Bosnia and Serbia still really wanting to like unite together. They're very angry that Austria is still like holding on to Bosnia. It's a whole big thing, right. blah blah blah. But so Serbia is like, fuck this, let's get the black hand involved. <laughs> the black hand, which, as far as I can tell, was you know, sort of like. Uh, a resistance effort, a terrorist group. I don't know how you want to, you know, it, it depends on what side you're on as to what you consider the right. black hand. Right. So they were wanting to, you know, help Serbia out. And so that is kind of the setup when in 1914, Archduke Franz Ferdinand decides he needs to prove his power, throw his weight around as the heir mm -hmm. to the Austrian throne. And so he's like, you know what we need to do? We need to really just take our dick out, slap people around with it by going <laughs> to, because it's absolutely what this is. Let's all, right, let's all just right. own it. By going to Sarajevo, which is the capital of Bosnia, and being like, I'm going to go look at the troops because they're my troops because it's my country is basically. Right. The, the thing. So he goes. Um and it's June 28th, 1914. Friends and his wife, Sophie, or Sophia, I forget which one, 
uh, were met at the rail station that they, they of course, took the royal train in, as you do. Mm-hmm. So they're met at the royals or at the rail station, and they are taken to City Hall for a big reception. So this is a planned route that their car is on. People are lining the streets, you know, partly to be like it's you know the the in the same way that people would line the streets if Prince William right. went to one mm-hmm. of their whatevers, you know. It's right, our yeah. blah, blah, blah. Let's go blah, blah, blah. You know, let's go watch and look and cheer or jeer. Who knows? Whichever side you're on. Yes. Right. But on this route, there were seven members of the Black Hand waiting for the car to drive through. One man. I'm going to butcher these names. I'm just telling you now. So prepare yourself. Yes. One man named... Najelko Kabrino- Kabrinovic threw a grenade at the Archduke's car. But it was a grenade that had a very long fuse. So it bounced uh, off the car and ended up going underneath the car behind it before it ever exploded. Mm. Uh, at which point it did cause some injuries. I don't think anyone died, but a, a couple of people were injured as a result of the explosion. Kabrinovic, of course, is like, shit, 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 you know, so he does what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. He swallows his cyanide capsule, because that's where we are. Everybody's got their cyanide capsules. Right. And he jumps into the river Milajaka, Milayaka, Milayaka. He jumps into the river. Gotcha. The river. Uh, <clears throat> however, he didn't die, because the river was only two feet deep, and it turns out his cyanide capsule had expired, so it wasn't as effective as it needed to be. Oh, no! <laughs> so he neither died from poisoning yeah. nor from drowning, and so he was captured and arrested. So, note to self, cyanide capsule. Make sure those things expire. are up to date, man. No, gotta check those expiration dates. Which, how ridiculous. Hey. Dang. <laughs> There's a flaw. Oh my gosh. Uh, so the other six men at that point scatter after the failed attempt. They're like, oh shit, let's get out of here. So Archduke, he's still alive. They continue on to City Hall where he goes and he has like the reception, but he's also kind of complaining about his treatment at this point in the city. You know, people uh, trying to like yeah. blow him up, hurting his other people, being a, you know, whatever. But after the the big reception is over and the speeches are made and he's done his whatever he's supposed to do, uh, he decides that he wants to go to the hospital to visit the people who did get injured from the grenade. Yeah. And they kind of decided in and amongst themselves that they should not take the planned route that they had like set aside for their usage while they were in the city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That instead of being on the planned route where they had a grenade lobbed at them, perhaps instead they should take an alternate route to go to the hospital on the way out of town. Right. And so everyone's like, yeah, that's a good idea. And they all agree. But then they didn't bother to tell the drivers <laughs> they're going to take a different route. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. <sighs> this seems like. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid, guys. This all—I ca- mean, we all know this caused World War One. So, like, mm-hmm. why? Right. 
So they all get into the cars, the drivers start driving, and like the there's a general who's sitting up with the driver in the same car as as uh the Archduke, and he's like, What are you doing? We're not supposed to be taking this path. We're we're supposed he's like, We're not supposed to be on this route, we're supposed to take something different. And the driver's like, Oh, well, no one told me. So he then wow. slows down the car to do a turn, to turn around so they can go on a different route. And he does this right in front of Schiller's delicatessen. I mean, it's not really a delicatessen. I think that's just a, what's it? it's some kind of a cafe uh, yeah. named Schiller's. And inside the cafe is a man called Gavrilo Principe who is another member of the Black Hand that had been part of that first assassination plot, but then scattered because it failed. And it seems he had, you know, maybe in order to distress and anxiety or just because he's a little <laughs> peckish, he happened to just go to He's like, well, cafe oh, to that get day, <laughs> my assassination attempt failed. Let's go get some coffee. But, I mean, I well, he's hungry. He's got to get a sandwich. You know, it failed. I, I'm hungry. Yeah. I need to eat something. I'm sure since this is, you know, Sarajevo, Sarajevo, it's not really a sandwich. And that's just what we've collectively right, come right. to at this point. But we're calling it a sandwich because I don't know what else it was. So he's he's at this he's at this cafe. He's got him a sandwich. And as he comes out of the, the cafe, he sees the the car driving the archduke coming and doing the slow like kind of stopping to slow and turn around and he's like opportunity knocks he's like second chances <laughs> and so he comes he comes out he has his gun with him and he shoots the archduke from a distance of only 5 feet cuz that's how close he can get to the car <laughs> wow and so he ends up hitting the archduke in in the neck as well as his wife, Sophie, is here, his wife, Sophie, gets shot in the abdomen. Now, he, too, because he did not know, yet know, but he, too, took his cyanide pill, mm -hmm. which, as we know, unfortunately, was expired and not working. So he didn't die. And so he holds his gun to his head, but couldn't bring himself to shoot himself. And so he ends up getting uh. arrested instead. Oh, no. Oh, the Black Hand. Apparently, they really need to um, ensure that their cyanide capsules are up to date and maybe just hand out new ones right. for each one of these things. Yes. Just saying. Just saying. Right. So the Archduke and, and his wife both die from this attack. And Austria, of course, is pissed, as they should be. And so Austria blamed Serbia since Serbia had been encouraging the Black Hand uh, to do this by, you know, giving yes. them weapons. It's like, here's some weapons to go do things. Yes. So Austria's mad, and they want to invade Serbia because mad. And Serbia's like, fuck this. We're calling on our besties, Russia, to come help. And Austria's like, well, hell, we can't handle Russia alone. So they call on Germany for help. And Germany's like, yeah, sure, but that really pissed off the French. And so Germany was like, we'll defeat France by attacking them through Belgium. But Belgium had a guarantee from Britain that if anybody attacked them, they would attack the attacker. 
And so... This is insane. So they spent, like, two weeks. This happened on, like, June 14th. Um, They spent, like, two or three weeks, like, having diplomatic relations, in which all this was happening. Everyone was arguing, and it's like, no, but I'll help you, and I'll help you, and we'll help you, and we hate you, so we're going to do this, but I'll help you. All that nonsense. And so on July 28th, 1914, Austria-Hungary declared war on Serbia, and within a week, the whole of Europe was at war. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so we have world war one hooray. hooray now i'm not gonna go into world war one because it's a lot but as you know all of those people and more all got caught up into the war and it was bad mm-hmm. and so when we finally get to the end of world war one when we finally have ceased everything is done There are now all these new states in Eastern Europe that are weak and very vulnerable uh, to the rise of Hitler, who's going to be coming down the pipe soon. There were a lot of sanctions that were levied on Germany, as well as just the general devastation left from World War I that made Germany more susceptible to Hitler's rise in power and that nationalism push that, that really encompassed Germany. Also, as a result of World War I, the U.S. adopted a policy of isolationism that kept them out of the growing crisis into World War II until we got drug they in. They Yep. Uh, as a result of World War I, four imperial dynasties collapsed. The Habsburgs of Austria-Hungary, the Hohenzollerns of Germany, the Sultanate of the Ottoman Empire, and the Romanovs of Russia. Just gone by the end. And the mass movement of all of those soldiers and refugees, you know, trying to get away from war-torn areas, helped spread one of the world's deadliest influenza pandemics, the Spanish flu. Yay! The sandwich caused all this, I'm just letting you know. And all of this, of course, leads to World War II, which leads to the nuclear bomb and the inclusion of Asian countries into the world drama. It's just... Insanity. Um, the Bolshevik Resolution was a result of World War One, or happened within World War One, and then World mm-hmm. War Two, and then Lord, when that ended, Russia like took some areas back, and then there was communism, and there's Berlin Wall, and then there's a Cold War, and then the space race. Like all, it's insane how many things happened as a result of the Archduke being assassinated, and like just right insanity. But that sandwich not only landed us on the moon, but also led to some really cool things, including wristwatches. <gasps> what? <laughs> so prior to World War I, a wristwatch was a feminine jewelry item. Men didn't wear wristwatches. They had pocket watches. Pocket watches, yeah. But pocket watches weren't super helpful in trenches, and so they created wristwatches mm-hmm. for men, and they put like a little protective cage over it, and then they used radium so they could see in the dark, you know. Know where that went. Um, it also... Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it also created uh, the mass production of prosthetic limbs, which is bizarre, but World War One caused a lot of prosthetic limbs to be needed. Right. 
But more importantly, and the point of the story, that sandwich brought us Pilates, Claire. Did it? It did. How so? <laughs> so German boxer and bodybuilder Joseph Hubertus Pilates was actually in a British internment camp. And while he was in this internment camp, he was trying to help motivate other prisoners to, including those who were like bedridden and like really injured, by trying to get them to exercise, to promote movement and health, to just help them feel, be feel better. And so he created Pilates while in an internment camp. And after, after the war, like after he was released, he and his wife developed it into the exercise philosophy that we know. Pilates. So, <laughs> it's just wild to me that this workout trend that all these soccer moms want to do mm -hmm. came out of an internment camp. An internment camp. Mm-hmm. It wow. sure did. <laughs> But also, it brought us vegetarian sausages. So the reason that we have Beyond Meat, Beyond Sausage options at, I guess, Starbucks has it and some other places, is because in World War I, they had food sh shortages, as happen mm -hmm. when you cut off supply lines, uh, particularly meat shortages. And so... Germans created a cheap meat alternative made from soya, flour, corn, barley, and ground rice. And so I think that the early ones were not super right. tasty, Probably but not. it became a thing that, <laughs> that later, you know, found their way into today land where we really embrace a lot of the alternative meats. With the right seasonings, you can't tell. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. <laughs> but so that is the if story. you drown it in gravy. Yeah, if you tell. drown it in gravy, you can't. <laughs> uh, uh, that is the story of how a sandwich led to Pilates and vegetarian sausages via World War One. That's wild. <laughs> that is wild. It is wild. Um, I will say to all of those who may be screaming at me, there is some suggestion that maybe the dude didn't actually go in for a sandwich and that that's all a lie. They can't quite trace it back to a specific source. But, I mean, it happened in front of Schiller's. Like, it, it seemed to be a very specific place and it really was a cafe and he was there. And it had been a long time since the initial attempt because he went to City Hall and did all the things. So one can assume he was there getting something to eat and something it was to drink. either a sandwich or a cup of coffee. Okay. I mean, either way. <laughs> either way. Fine. But I just was like, it's a bizarre story with all the expired cyanide capsules. <laughs> I mean, right. Yeah, like, jumping that's like, into wait, a river and what? it's like two feet deep. And you're like, well, okay, I guess we're not going to die now. Boy. That's wild. And just like if they had bothered to tell the drivers of the car, hey, we're going to take a different route. Right. It like, was that's just like, come on. 
it's such a re- Cause you have to wonder if they hadn't assassinated him then would it have led to world war one like if right he had survived what what would the world be like now like i assume eventually tensions would have boiled over but maybe not to this level right it, it might have been a more contained thing instead of the entire world coming in and being like boom 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 explode 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 so but it is you're like if it ha- that hadn't happened you're like would what ever yeah. Like coming to power, like ever, you know, right? Because you know, Hitler was only able to rise up from the because of all of the the sanctions and and the devastation in Germany. That's really right. What helped him have like footing and and be charismatic? So I don't know. It's I don't remember being taught any of this in. My history classes other than right. his assassination no. led to world war one and you're like it sure did absolutely did everybody had like besties in the wings being like we got you we'll fight for you no matter what it is we'll fight okay seems extreme <laughs> but teach their own what do i know so there it is that is my that was, around the world story that was interesting <laughs> all right i had no idea i was like whoa wait what right well and like i know that i learned about the things that came out of like i know that war is always lead always leads to like a time of innovation because you have to come up with new things or whatever yeah i don't recall ever learning that that's how pilates came about or vegetarian sausages or even wristwatches for that matter so right Hmm. Interesting. Well, Claire? Yes. Are you ready for this week's sweary affirmation? Yes, hit me. Do something today that makes you feel fucking fabulous. Yes. Yes. Fucking fabulous. Absolutely. All right. It must be time for tarot time with april spooky spooky do 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 well i will say um so i was editing our oh tell me when to stop i was editing our podcast that dropped i guess technically today or last night Mm -hmm. whatever yeah and i always go i kind of keep track of the tarot cards from that and that was like that we had judgment and the Pope and I think the nine of pentacles. And so mm-hmm. that that's, and it was like, you know, basically it's time for a, a change. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I did quit my job. It's time to learn new things and earn stuff. And I'm like, I did quit my job and it's time to do something else. Okay. <laughs> You're like, and yeah. And I'm like, okay. And then it's like, and then treat treat yourself the way that you treat other people. And I'm like, yes. I need that. Stop. Because <laughs> I need a break. I am T-I-R-E-D tired. You're tired.
All right, we are starting our week with the Eight of Cups. Our middle of the week will be filled with the Seven of Pentacles. Mm -hmm. And we will end our week with the Ten of Swords, stabbing us in the back over and over and Aww. over and over again. So, yay for that. <laughs> Aren't you excited? So happy. You're so excited. Mm -hmm. I can just feel it. Okay. Eight of cups. I call this the hangover card. <laughs> oh, nice. Dear. Uh, it can be brought into including overdoing it in other ways, like being a tyrant at work, being a party girl when you should be home. It's kind of the morning after walk of shame card. You somehow walked away from the important truths in your life and have to shake your head to knock the cobwebs out. It's a card that happens just before the client asks for redemption. Da, 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 da. Let's see. Oh, essentially, moderation is the key. So don't overdo, Claire. Don't overdo. Don't overdo it, guys. That card is must be the card for Joe Allen. Everything in moderation. Because <laughs> that is what I, oh, God. Anytime I went to a party or anything like that, it was always like, don't overeat. Don't do this. Everything in moderation. Oh, God, if I ever heard Lord. the word moderation, if I had a dollar for every time my dad said moderation to me, jeez. <laughs> I could quit my job. <clears throat> oh, dear. All right. That, that is that is Joe Allen's card. <laughs> so apparently we're starting our week with a hangover. Um, the middle of the week is <laughs> gonna be the story of the little red hen. I remember this card. Mm. Hard work and waiting for that work to become something tangible. It's fulfilling and enchanting for those who can pace themselves. That's nice. I'm here for that little red hen. Just keep doing it. Just keep going. Just keep doing it. And then we're going to be stabbed in the back with ten swords. Yay. This is just the worst damn card. <laughs> yes. The best thing that you can say when this card shows up is that at least things won't get any worse, because this is literally the bottom. Awesome. It's excessive, painful, excruciating, and final. Mm-hmm. Wait. Hooray. Ugh. This one's incredibly long, uh, so I'm going to just, let's see, if you, if, <laughs> essentially it's just lots of bad things and all the bad things, all the bad things. Uh, I think rather than embracing the you're a failure if you don't get up ethos, maybe we can accept that wounds need healing, that sometimes everything really does suck and you need to lie down on your couch and watch all of Broad City. While eating boxes of cereal. Broad City? I don't know that show. Sorry. Author of the book. I don't, either. I don't know that one. Let's Google it. Hmm. Uh, sometimes you need to whine and cry and tell your friends that everything is awful. Because sometimes everything is awful and that's valid. Give yourself two weeks to pout and be pissed and sad and pathetic. And then it's time to assess what, assess what you're going to do next. 
So, okay. So it looks like a really bad week. Awesome. Yay us. Hooray. Hangover. And <clears> then <throat> we're going to work really hard, but then it's all going to fail anyway because we're at the rock bottom. So awesome. Thanks, uh, tarot cards. Oh, Broad City is a web series. Oh. That moved to Comedy Central as a half-hour scripted series. Sure. I believe you. I don't know anything about it. Okay. It says 20-something best friends who were trying to navigate life in New York, despite that their adventures always seem to lead down unexpected, bizarre paths. They have very little money, but they are survivors who aren't afraid to throw themselves into sticky situations, no matter how messy the end results may be. (laughs) I've never heard of that. Never. All right. What is happening next week, Claire? I don't know. What's What's on our wheel of fate? Fate. (sighs) No whammies. No whammies. No whammies. We're going to do cryptids. <laughs> I've not had a cryptid in a while. I'll have to find us I'm some sure. cryptids to do. I have a whole calendar at work I can look through. There you go. <laughs> Maybe I'll find me a, a click a, a click a, tat, a Connecticut cryptid to indulge in. That'll be fun. All right. Well, there we have it. It's been a fun week around the world. Yeah. Unless you were Amelia Earhart and then you starved to death on an island because no one came to look for you there. But <laughs> because you were 350 miles off course. That's a lot of miles off course. I mean, I just, just saying. everything about Wait, that you said, is awful. You said something about the Spanish flu. I did read a blip that said she actually had the Spanish flu. And she had it so bad that they had to do some kind of, they had to like cut something in her sinuses and put like a drain. Oh, God. Like drain for like some Ugh. something. Ugh. And that Ugh. that also would affect her flying. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So the sandwich. In her, in her, in her hearing. What you're saying is that the sandwich is the reason that she got lost. It might be. The sandwich caused it to happen. She would have survived. Maybe. Oh, my God. What is the this sandwich? sandwich? <laughs> what is the sandwich? Oh. Because it would mess with her ears. Because it really, like, did a number on her sinus cavity. <laughs> that is. It's too much, man. Too much. The sandwich is the root of all evil. What can I say? We need to find out what sandwich it was. <laughs> Uh, I I tried to look that up. Um, there's uh, there's no idea because it probably wasn't anything like we would yeah. call a sandwich, right? Uh, so, but best guesses are would or closest thing that it probably would have been have been like a cheese sandwich. So mm. no, the cheese did it, Claire. No, yep, sorry. <laughs> Damn it! I still eat cheese. Forget that. <laughs> You're right. Well, until next time, you can find us in all the things and at all the places at Brunch and Judge. Please follow, like, subscribe, comment. Um, tell us any other suggestions you have. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and you can send us story ideas or any topics you would like us to add to the wheel to us at 
brunchandjudge at gmail.com. So until next time, keep on brunching. And keep on judging. But maybe don't eat a sandwich. But go ahead and eat one. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.